you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth hi everyone thank you so much for bearing with me this month it's been busy it's been really busy over here and busy is a good thing but it hasn't all been with work a lot of it is school year wrapping up and life happening. And then, of course, there is the work too. Lots of exciting clients going on, everything from a couple of professors who are looking for an amazing space to entertain. They regularly throw parties of 20 people till like four in the morning. That's a fun client. Then my client tomorrow has got um, some needs in the suburbs, a new family just moving here from Brooklyn and wondering how to reuse their current items while buying some new items that might feel a little bit more like commitment pieces. Then I had a client last week who was a mom who's sharing a one-bedroom apartment with her daughter and was trying to reconcile the idea that they would be sharing a bedroom but wanted to make sure her daughter's space didn't feel compromised. My solution for that was a little complex. Well, it wasn't complex, but she just wanted the her daughter's toys to be able to work in the living room as well as the living room items. And then she wanted the bedroom to feel like a bedroom for both of them so that it felt a little bit grown up for the mom, but also a little bit fun for the daughter. And I don't like these blurred lines. Basically, uh, an adult living room with toys is always going to look compromised and less sophisticated, and it's going to be very hard to hide one of those painting easels and craft supplies. And on the other side of the coin, it's going to be very hard to make a bedroom feel adult when we've got decals on one wall and floral wallpaper on the other, when we've got, you know, jewel tones on the mom's bedding and primary colors on the seven-year-old daughter's bedding. Why compromise each space? Why not just devote one space to each purpose? So the living room would be only an adult space with only adult items and very few toys. Maybe the greatest hits come out every now and again. But then the bedroom would be not only the bedroom for the daughter, but also the playroom, the primary place where those Duplo blocks, those bins of 
you know, Barbies live all the time and maybe the mom's bed is a Murphy bed so that it's much less conspicuous in the room and it really feels like the girl's room and the living room really feels like the mom's room. Now, when I talk to clients like this, these are just suggestions. These are just my ideas based on their pain points and trying to solve their pain points. That doesn't always mean it's a fit. So while we had committed to the Murphy bed and committed to those two zones, I got an email from the mom just a few days later saying, you know what? I don't want to invest in a Murphy bed. I want to have my bed out all the time as well as my daughter's bed, even though I know that significantly compromises the play area and I know it might also compromise the look. So, you know, we're designing in the real world. We're not designing for a magazine. I'm not designing for a TV show. And unfortunately, it's all about compromise. It's all about saying, I want to give you a solution that will actually work for your family. I want to give you a solution that you're actually going to move forward with. Not something that's ideal in my head or ideal for a magazine shoot, but not really practical for how you want to live. So I didn't mind the pushback, even though a piece of me is softly crying, because I just don't love the idea of having a big mom bed in a little girl's room that compromises that play space. And I really don't like the idea of having that plastic easel in the living room, because as an apartment dweller for so many years, what would I have given to be able to compartmentalize those toys into a separate room? Anyway, that's just an example of sort of the everyday back and forth, coming up with ideas, brainstorming solutions, because design is at once practical and pretty. I never think about the pretty at the exclusion of the practical and vice versa. So in this case, the lady gave it a lot of good thought and said, you know what, that pretty solution just isn't practical for where I want to spend my money. I don't want to buy a Murphy bed. And And we pivot. We pivot and I vent to you guys. I share the tales with you guys. But to the client, I say, okay, sure. Because it's all about coming up with that great solution. Speaking of coming up with great solutions, let's dig in the mailbag. Let's see what's been going on this past couple of weeks because I have missed you. So my first note comes from Letitia. Letitia writes, Betsy, I discovered your podcast one week ago and I've already listened to 50 episodes. I know you say you typically go through podcasts like they're chips and boy, have I been devouring them like they are Doritos, my favorite. I also started reading your book. Thank you so much for signing it. My husband and I are in the process of closing on a house, hopefully our forever dream house, which naturally means I've been spending most of my waking hours thinking about how we will decorate, furnish, and style it. My current struggle is figuring out the color palette for the interior. The house has warmer, earthy tones outside, and the walls are beige. We're planning to keep this. The style of the house is traditional, which goes well with our more traditional, transitional style. However, I tend to be attracted to transitional, traditional with a worldly, eclectic twist. I'm considering aqua as our cool tone to balance the warmth. And also, I have a red couch I may want to keep. I haven't been able to find an inspiration piece yet, though I'm considering sunsets as the inspiration to bring in some of the colors I mentioned. And I love that time of day. So Betsy, here are my questions. Based on the aesthetics of the house, would you agree that a transitional traditional style would be a good fit given the style of the house? Let me tackle these one by one, Letitia. 
So yes, I think that the style of the house based on the images that you sent me is actually not strongly one style or another. It doesn't look to be an historic home and it looks to be somewhat contemporary slash transitional. I think transitional is the perfect way to sum it up. It has some stone. It has some wood slats or it could be siding. It's basically a beige color with white trim. It looks fresh and bright and new, but I wouldn't necessarily say it feels very traditional. So I think you're right on labeling it transitional. And just because a house is one architectural style does not mean you have to follow suit inside with your furniture. Now, I do think that can make for a really cohesive look and feel, and that would be my preference if the outside of the house meshes with your personal style. In my case, the outside of my house, which is very craftsman, it's even got a little Mediterranean bent with the stucco and the red kind of terracotta accents. Um, but it's got the leaded windows of the craftsman, so it's it's a little identity crisis. But neither of those styles resonate with me in terms of furniture pieces or ways I want to decorate. However, thinking about renovations, thinking about making strong choices, especially external choices, I am going in that direction. In other words, I'm having to put up some new railings, and oh my gosh, it's costing me an arm and a leg, but I'm putting up some new railings on the patio. And I'm going to go with something that feels a little bit Mediterranean because it looks best with the stucco. And even though my style is more modern, clean lines, even mid-century modern, I'm not going to do that outside because it won't jibe with the look of the space. And inside, I have done a little bit of a mid-century twist with the furniture, but any renovations I've done, I've really kept that Mediterranean idea in mind with um, arabesque, hand-glazed, light blue tile for a backsplash, things like that. Things that are definitely nowhere near modern or even mid-century. So it's a delicate balance, but say you lived in a Victorian that was super ornate and had lots of architectural gingerbread and all these intricate features and four colors on the outside, and inside it was just as complex and interesting with nooks and crannies and built-ins, well, I probably wouldn't fight the feeling It's a very eclectic thing to do to totally buck that trend, and it's something that I think you should get some hand-holding from a designer with. That being said, that's not the case at all here, and inside the house, do your transitional thing. In terms of your second question, which is, should we incorporate some of the colors from the exterior into our palette to have a more seamless transition from the outside to the inside, or how do we balance that? I'm going to tell you that your outside is very neutral. I mean, the walls, you could call them beige, which you did, but you could also just call them deep cream. And the stone is rather innocuous. Nothing here is taking me in one strong direction or the other. I don't even really see that many true colors. It's just neutral land. So go nuts inside. Do what you want to do. Choose those sunset colors that you're thinking of going with. However, let me just put something out there. Rarely do I let my personal tastes get in the way of rules. I don't generally weigh in. For instance, when my designers present a design presentation, I always see it before it goes to the client, just to give it my final stamp of approval and make sure that I like the look. But I rarely chime in on my personal feelings. More likely, I'm looking for errors in proportion, things that are out of stock, 
things that I've used in the past that I think aren't great quality. I'm looking for those types of errors, but I rarely chime in stylistically. But I couldn't help myself. I couldn't bite my tongue when you mentioned that you have a red sofa and are thinking about doing aqua as your cool color. I really hate red and aqua together. Now, I could be proven wrong, and I generally am into lots of different color palette combinations, but red and aqua, I really don't care what your inspiration piece is. I'm not feeling it. Ugh, not feeling it. Now, let's move to your third question. Any thoughts on color palettes that would work with the style of this house and the current paint colors? Well, like I said, the world is truly your oyster. It's just beige. Uh, Maybe that means that you lean when you're using neutrals inside more towards warm neutrals like beiges and grayges versus those true cement grays. But I think you'll find with a transitional style, you'd be leaning that way anyway. So um, I think you're okay here. And then you continued with your email. Betsy, I am super excited to listen to your Facebook Lives and even more podcasts. I apologize for the super long email. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge through your podcast, Facebook, and from your book. As a rule follower, I love your clear approach, and I can't wait to start implementing all these learnings, Letitia. Well, it's my pleasure, Letitia. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let's make another fan's dream come true. Let's answer Anne's question. Anne writes, Hello, I have become a huge fan of your podcast and I am so grateful for the tips that you share. I intend on becoming a premium member and I want to purchase all your classes with the book. In the meantime, I have a question that I'm wondering if you could address on the podcast, if there's room in your mailbag. You write, what color of paint or strategies for painting a room would you suggest? I want a neutral but cozy wall, and I plan to buy some big pieces of painted white furniture. To be specific, I would like to buy three of the Ikea Leotorp or Hymnus bookcases with the glass doors. I want to use them side by side as my entertainment unit, bookshelves, and to place display items inside. The Leotorp and Hymnus colors that I like best are white. I think if I try and match the wall color to the bookcase color, it might come across as too matchy-matchy. You are right about that, Anne. I just need to interject right here. Do not paint your walls the same color as the bookcases. However, do paint your walls in terms of the trim, so the trim, the baseboards, the faces of the doors, paint those the same color as the Leotorp or Hymnus pieces. 
Let's get back to your email. Also, you would like to inject some creamy, warm tones into the room. You don't want to be locked into the IKEA white for the entire space. On the other hand, you write, I want the wall color to be as neutral as a white hue would be, but different enough from the bookcase color so it doesn't appear as if I have two different colors of white that are competing with one another. By the way, my aesthetic is sort of shabby chic cottage style with some brighter accents in the red, yellow, and green family. I also like blue, navy, or denim hues, and like you, a small dose of black. So I would like the wall color to complement those colors. Finally, I should mention I have a home that was built in 1950 but is not MCM. It is very plain. Oh, and by MCM, you mean mid-century modern. It's very plain without too much in the way of trim or built-ins or other details that would tie it to a particular style. Thank you so much for considering my question, Anne. So a neutral is a neutral is a neutral. It will work with all those colors that you mentioned. Now you're saying that you want a very light wall color, something that hardly contrasts at all all with the trim and you know that's not my favorite I do love to see a contrast I think it's a little bit more interesting but say that the Leotorp bookcase which is my preference when we're thinking about Leotorp or Hymnus even though I do like both of their qualities I just prefer the look of the Leotorp more and it's meant to click together at the top with its molding so it has a really seamless look so you want a very, very pale color that will contrast somewhat with the white. So we're just going to assume that the white of the Leotorp is roughly atrium white or simply white. And then we're going to go a little bit stronger than that. It sounds like you really want to lean towards a cream. So I might suggest looking at Swiss Coffee from Benjamin Moore. I might suggest looking at... As you can tell, I'm looking at my paint fan while I talk. Um, Soft Chamois, which is OC13 from Benjamin Moore. I think if you do anything like China White or White Dove, you just won't see that contrast. And personally, if it were me, I would have gone something that contrasts even more. Something like a Fog Mist or something like... Oh, hold on, hold on. I see one I like. Hmm, something like albescent or even opaline. So that gives you a few to try, Anne, and I really hope you go for a touch more contrast than you're thinking. That will look great with your shabby chic style and all the accent colors you're hoping to incorporate. So let me scroll right along and get to my next question, which comes from Jamie. Jamie writes, Hi, Betsy. I have loved listening to your podcast and reading the articles on your website, Affordable Interior Design, about design. I am a soon-to-be first-time homeowner after renting for 12 years with my husband. We are so excited to make the home our own, but we also feel a bit intimidated. Initially, we were thinking of having white cupboards in our kitchen with a sparkling white or silver-flecked quartz countertop. After listening to your podcast, we are toying with the idea of being a bit more brave and are attracted to bold navy for the cupboards. My question is about flooring and potentially a pelmet over the sliding glass door with drapes on each side. Initially for the flooring, we were thinking of a mid-tone brown or even a gray wood grain tile. However, we're feeling a bit more bold and I wondered if this multi-toned wood grain tile would be the best to work with my navy cupboards. We live in Phoenix and want to do tile because it's cool and it's best for this climate. So, Jamie, let me answer this first, and then I'll get to the next part of your question, um, which you write about later. 
So I think it's great that you're going a little bit bold and deciding not to do white on white on white because even the quartz countertop that has that little speckly white or speckly silver still registers as a white and I don't think it looks very rich or sophisticated. It looks like you went to the white store and said, I'll take everything. That being said, I am also nervous about your navy. I would not choose cupboards as my place to make a bold choice. I would go very safe with the cupboards. The reason is that you really don't want to change those out for a long time. They are so expensive and ideally they would last you 10, 15, 20 years. I don't want you to have to redo that when navy cabinets feel off trend. I'd rather you take a little bit of a risk with that backsplash and do something that has a pop of color or a little bit of flavor back there. Also, I don't love the image that you included of the multicolored wood grain tile. I don't mind wood grain tile in your situation because you're not using any actual wood flooring. When people use wood grain flooring that's tile and it happens to meet, touch, or be close to real wood floors, I think it's so weird. It looks like, why didn't you just continue the wood? Why are you using faux when the real is right there? However, if you're not using the real at all, I think faux is a great way to go and do that tile all over. That being said, don't do that tile because the one you showed me had multi, multi-colors. Basically, it had some planks that were like a whitewashed wood, some plates, planks, excuse me, that were like a gray wash wood, and some planks that were almost like a walnut. And it's a little too much of a motley moment for me. I would rather see something homogenous. Again, the floor is not the place to take the risk. The furniture and the rugs that are on top of the floor That's the place to take the risk. So I love that you're thinking outside the box. I love that you're pushing yourself, but uh, you've pushed yourself too far for even me. Let me get to your second question. I love the look of windows with a pelmet on top, but I haven't seen this very often over sliding glass doors. Is there something? Is this something you would recommend or discourage? I thought it would look nice with the same navy color in the kitchen on the pelmet to tie it all in as it is an open concept layout. We are still trying to determine the rest of the scheme, but we'll be following your rules on the three colors. Navy is our main color, soft gray for the walls, and a warm yellow or coral perhaps to balance everything out. I know you receive many questions each day, but I would love your insight if you feel that other listeners could benefit from my questions. Thank you so much for your time and for inspiring so many of us to be more bold with our designs. Jamie. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure, Jamie. I love getting notes. I love getting questions. And I know with our vast listenership that somebody's question is going to answer somebody else's question that's listening out there. And I think we'll all get a lot of value. Even sometimes it stretches my own brain. And so to stretch my own brain and not be too definitive on this answer, I did Google Pelmets because the pelmets I have seen, that is a little wood piece that goes above above a window or in your case a sliding door it's like a wood piece of trim that typically is there to conceal a mechanism for the drapery or for the blind so typically you put a pelmet up there so you don't see the rod you don't see the drapery hooks you don't see the um, track for the blinds 
that's why you would do something like that. Typically, it's there to conceal. And I think it feels very dated. And I think by painting it navy, you're drawing attention to it. If you had to do a pelmet because you did want to conceal some clunky, junky mechanisms, then you should paint it the same color as the trim or the frame around the sliding glass door or window. But if you're putting one up there, like intentionally, like not to hide anything, but for a decorative purpose, well, Jamie, I think you better go back to 1993 where you got this pelmet idea and where most pelmet ideas were first born and died just a few short years later. I don't want you to put up a pelmet. I would rather you do a nice, clean drapery rod with double wide drapes on either side that you could then draw over the sliding glass door. I would rather you do some kind of nice blind, maybe that has its own header, but a true wood pelmet, that's so 90s. I can't get behind that. No. All right, let's go to my very last question for the day, and it comes from Bart. Bart writes, Hi, Betsy. First, I want to tell you how much I love your book, your podcast, your Facebook Lives. You are the best at sharing all your knowledge, and it's so great. I have a question. We are putting our house up for sale. I have attached a picture of the kitchen, and I need your help. Unfortunately, due to timing, we were unable to remodel before selling. I'm thinking of having the cabinets painted. I was wondering if you could help me select a color. I've attached a picture. Any help would be great greatly appreciated. Many thanks, Bart. All right, Bart, let me paint this picture for our listeners. What you have here are some maple cabinets that go all the way up. You have a lot of cabinets both over the stove and then you can see these cabinets through a pass-through that I assume leads to the living room. So there's a lot of maple cabinetry. On top, you have a quartz countertop. Well, it appears to be quartz, but I can't tell for sure. It could be granite, but it's got a lot of um, flecks of, I think, black and white and brown. But overall, it reads kind of like a gray beige or a taupe. Then you have black appliances with some stainless steel touches and a large format square floor that appears to be a light version of the taupe. Then you also have cream walls all the way around, and that feels really nice and basic, which is good for resale. Now, let's talk about painting these cabinets. Unless you're hiring a professional, unless somebody is taking these cabinet doors off and going to spray them and do it really nicely, and by really nicely, you should see an asterisk in your mind saying, expensive, expensive. Well, unless they're going to do that, you should not paint your cabinets because I am concerned that the finish is not going to come out well, that you're going to see brush strokes, that you know hairs are going to dry in here, that there's going to be fibers, that it's not going to have that clean, beautiful finish that you're thinking about. And the cabinets don't appear to be in that bad of a condition. What I would recommend is I would recommend putting pulls on the cabinetry. Stainless steel pulls to coordinate with the accents on the appliances and not knobs, which can look a little bit cheap or small. So go for a nice four-inch pull, and I think that will really dress up the cabinets without painting them. The other thing that seems like a quick win would be to install a backsplash. I think putting in some simple tile, even if it is that white subway, since there's no other white in the room besides the trim around the pass-through, I think that could really be a showstopper. You could even do something that picks up on the taupe flakes from the countertop because they do make beautiful subway tiles in colors. Uh, I just think the backsplash could be that perfect way to get some wow without breaking the bank. What else could we do? What else could we do? 
Well, I think those are the fastest ways from the one angle I see to dress this up and get it ready for resale. So Bart, I hope that helped. And certainly keep all these yummy, yummy questions coming. Guys, I love to answer your questions. And even when I take a break, I'm thinking about answers. I'm receiving your emails and I'm putting them all in a big bag that I reach into when I'm ready to log back in. So I will be back next week and I'll be recording a bonus episode this week. So if you are premium members, you won't want to miss it. I've got lots of juicy stuff I'm talking about. I'm going to reach into my design diary. I'm going to unlock it, open it up for you, and tell you about my most recent projects, including one for a high-profile sports organization. You won't want to miss that. Also, I answer premium member questions and I just reveal a little bit about life in general. So if you want to become a premium member, please head over to bigdesignsmallbudget.com. All the information is there. Click it. You'll get my monthly bonus episode as well as all sorts of other fun stuff. Archive access to all my bonus episodes and more. It was such a pleasure. I think I need a cool drink and a little bit of air conditioning. I can't turn on the air conditioning when I record and it gets oppressively hot in here. And it's 90 degrees here in New York City. And I love you guys and enjoy your summer week. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.